This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 242, brought to you by Comedy Central's Ugly Americans, in-stock trades, and iFanboy listeners exactly like you. New York, you're safer, and you're wasting my time. Our records all show you were filthy but fine. But they shuttered your stores when you opened the doors to the cops who were bored once they'd run out of crime. 
Welcome to the iFanboy.com Pick of the Week podcast. This is episode 242. That number feels special, but I'm not sure why. I'm Josh Flanagan. I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. And Ron Richards. Hello. Everybody. Hello. Hello. Hey, how you doing? Hello? (laughs) Hello? (laughs) Who is this? Uh, We're all in New York. Yeah, we are, actually. Yeah, that's odd. what, What is the one word that we can use to describe New York right now? Hot. hot. I walked hot. off. I got off the plane this morning, and I was just like, "God damn it!" <laughs> you were even here Wednesday and Tuesday. No, wow. yeah, I was it's miserable. Cool today. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I put a park on. Yeah. <laughs> At iFanboy.com, we like comics and complaining about the heat. I don't know why we live here. We read Who's comics, down? and every week we read a bunch of them, and then one of us picks the one that they thought was best. They call that the pick of the week. They write about it up on the website. We talk about it here. We talk about the other books from the week. We do some letters. We make some jokes. We have some good times. Maybe a drink or two. That's how it works. Also, uh, sometimes the site gets infected. Yes. Ron? <laughs> so, yeah, real quickly, we just want to address those of you who listen to the podcast who use ifanboy.com. Uh, you might have noticed last week now on on Wednesday and Thursday there were some problems on ifanboy.com. There was some malware warnings. Uh, some of your virus scans were going off, things like that. wrote a big post up on ifanboy.com, which will still be up. Uh, we'll probably take it down on Monday or Tuesday, so catch that while you can. But just wanted to apologize to anybody who came to ifanboy.com, had a problem. Turns out there was a little bit of malicious code that we got attacked along with some other comic sites like Bleeding Cool. I think Comic Space got attacked. I think a couple of them. There was a exploit in our uh, the software that serves our banner ads that was serving some malicious uh, malicious code. We found it. We took it down. Unfortunately, Google noticed and they blocked us. But then we worked with them to get that lifted. Now everything's perfect. It's safe. It's okay to come to my fanboy, and we apologize. And right so. now we are ad free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so that yeah. site looks naked. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Weird. I was like, what's wrong? But anyway, so uh, apologies to anybody who might have been inconvenienced by that. But I want to assure everybody that it's totally safe to come to the site now, and we, you know, apologize. Except for the opinions on the site, we yeah, which we have no responsibility for. Does, yeah. does uh, graphically know we're ad free? <laughs> yes, <laughs> they do. Okay. <laughs> We are also going to we're talking about the books in the week. So the, <laughs> that was the worst transition in the history of broadcast. <laughs> Watch out for spoilers. We're talking about the books that have we have a lot of books to talk about, so we're going to get right to it. But if you haven't read them, come back later. You'll probably dig it more unless you don't care about that sort of thing. And then just fly blind, baby. That's how it works. Roll Ron, you had a task. Man, God damn it! Not only did books come out on Thursday, screwing up everything. Screws up everything. Not only that, but I bought 20 books, and on top of that, nine of them were number one issues. And on yeah. top on top of that, like like more than half of those number one issues were all done by like A list creators. And there were like books I've been waiting for and really excited about. It was not easy this week. And on top of that, you had a plane to catch. On top of that, I had a plane to catch. On top of that, the site was dying. It was like, it was, <laughs> listen, I had a bad Thursday, everybody. <laughs> it so helps that comics were, were really good, though. Yeah. One of those, like, like, I thought last week was actually like, I don't think I gave anything higher than a four last week. So this yeah. week. Yeah. Well, I, and I got to admit, if you went to iFanboy.com, if you could, if you read my review of the pick <laughs> of the week, which is Scarlet number one, hopefully it came across that really good comic saved my day on Thursday. So I'm very appreciative for that. But yeah, so I ended up going with Scarlet number one uh, as the pick of the week. And it was a close, close call between a couple other ones that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Really, like, you know, I kind of I made the comparison in, in my review to I'm a big fan of a, of a musician who, who went away for a while and then came back and the mid-2000s with a new record after like eight years of being off and it was like uh, that anxiety is this going to be good is it going to be alright you know and I realized this week that 
Bendis hasn't released anything new creator-owned for 10 years. He's been all Marvel since 2000, pretty much. It's a yep. long time. It's a long time. So I was like, oh, does he still have it? Is it going to be all Marvel-tainted? Is it going to be, you know, like, ugh. And then on top of that, I haven't really loved, loved Malieve's recent work. I, di- I didn't like Spider-Woman. We've talked about it before. I thought it was really stiff, and I thought it was, you know, not uh, not as good as the, the Daredevil work that I remembered. So when I picked up Scarlet, I kind of read it, you know, kind of very tenu- you know, tentatively, and I took a, I took my sweet time reading it, um, even though I didn't have a lot of time on Thursday. But this one, I took, took the time. I read it closely. I tried to pour in every page, every panel, and when I finished reading it, I immediately just went to the front and read it again. And I didn't realize I was reading it again until like halfway through. I'm like, wait, why am I reading it again? I'm reading it again because I realized it was it, it, it was so good and it grabbed me on some level. I compare this to... I could see this as a really good indie movie, this issue. Or this comic feels like an indie movie to me. And then in terms of that... It's a medium that you're familiar with. It's a delivery of a story that you're familiar with. But the creators are doing something a little different, a little edgy, a little more, you know, off the beaten path. And that, for me personally, I get really excited by that. The comic book starts off with the main character, Scarlet, the redheaded girl, uh, killing a cop. And it's kind of brutal. It's kind of, you know, kind of off-putting. And then immediately by the third page, it starts off in the second page, but it's mainly in the third page, Bendis decides to break the fourth wall and have her talk to you, the reader. And he worked with Chris Eliopoulos, the letterer, in a subtle manner to make that fourth wall breaking done with this, with like square word balloons as opposed to round word, round word balloons. And for a moment, I, I had to think, I was like, okay, why did the word balloons change? And then I realized what was happening. I'm like, okay, cool, I'll go with it. Now, I, I, I'm guessing a lot of people might have a problem with this. I'm guessing maybe people on this podcast may have a problem with it, but I'm sure we'll get to that. But I actually, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. There's a great three-page sequence in here that kind of runs through the high points of Scarlet's life, which I thought was just was awesome. Just felt really... Um, I don't know, just felt felt what I would expect from an indie comic. This isn't the kind of thing that you can get away with in a superhero comic or a mainstream comic. They kind of did it in a Spider-Man comic a while a couple years ago, but it was pretty unique. Yeah, and yeah, and so and at the end of the day, at the end of this issue, I don't really know what this comic is about. I don't know where it's going to go. All I know is that this Scarlet Girl had something, you know, had a big wrong in her life. Her boyfriend was killed by a cop, and she realized that the world sucks. And now she's armed herself, and she's uh, taking upon herself to set things right. And so where the rest of the series goes, I have no idea. But as a pilot episode, like I also compared it to like a TV show, like for a first episode, it grabbed me, and I totally now I want to know who she is, what's going to happen, and you know, kind of I, I and it filled me with that excitement that I felt when I first read Bendis's indie work in the late '90s. Felt very jinxy to me. Felt very, um, you know, kind of early, you know, his earlier work. Um, She's Lady Cop Punisher. Yeah, basically, Lady Cop Punisher without and not in a world of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. Or um, that's what it seems like. And as far as the art goes. Uh, and I'll admit, there were pages where I went, ah, you know, Malieve. You know, like there were a couple, there were a couple of pages that looked straight up. Like there's a fine line between what Malieve is doing and and Fumetti, which is like uh, the Italian uh, photo comic style. There's a couple of pages where I'm like, oh, he's just tracing a photo. It's obvious. But then there were a couple of pages that were really pretty, and like that three page that that three page sequence was really nice, and the, the last two page uh, spread was really nice. So, you know, like the art didn't bother me as much as Spider Woman. It d- definitely didn't feel as stiff to me. It felt a little more fluid. It felt a little more um, actiony. But I don't I don't know if my my tastes have changed since Daredevil or if he has gotten or more obvious about his style and how he does it. But I find it like I'm enjoying it less and less. I knocked this down a star because of the art. Yeah. Well. What what I kind of realize is that you know this is more. I look at it more as the challenging art. You know, like I'm challenged to like it. 
you know, I'm challenged to absorb it and to make and to do something with it as opposed to just accepting it. Which, whether I like it or not, that's you know that that's part of the that's part of the kind of adventure, and I like I like that getting challenged. I think the color is really good. Who colored Who colored this? I guess he did. I think I think he's good at putting it together, but at the end of the day, it's not my favorite kind of style anymore. You know, I don't like this the tracing style. I, well, I don't know what's different between what he did on Daredevil and this. That's my. I need to go back I and look he, at Daredevil. I think it was it was a darker book. There's a lot more shadowing, so it's harder to tell that you're tracing. It wasn't when, as many outlines. Yeah, and it helps they have costumes. So he's actually got to draw that stuff because you can't you can't yeah. trace costumes. Yeah. So here it was a lot more obvious that this is. He t- there's a lot of photographs taken, and there's a lot. And I just don't particularly like that style as much as I as I would have been okay with it in the past. It's so funny, that, like my tastes have totally gotten to the point where like my favorite artists are the ones who are almost the most sort of cartoony. You know, like I'm thinking of like Somni or Peter Schneeberg or, you know, like just that really basic stuff. Yeah. And this is, that's the polar opposite of this really. Except also Jim Lee is the polar opposite of that and I'm not sure how that works. Three poles. <laughs> there's many poles. There's, there's three poles. Uh, that's what she, no. Um, <laughs> I couldn't help it. Yeah, I, you know what's funny is I think I know what you're talking about when you say there were some pages that you dug more than others. Like, yes. like uh, I'm going to guess about page four and five. Which is basically a bunch of shots of her walking and talking. Let me check. And, there, uh, no, there, were, there was one. Yeah, no, actually, I didn't mind those as much because I actually found uh, whoever the model is. I'm well, I was, okay I was gonna, I was gonna say like really a <laughs> lot of this pick. I was like, oh, it's a, it's a short-haired uh, girl. Yeah, uh, red hair. Yeah. It's not. It's not. This is not rocket science here, people. That's worth the start. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but and this um, girl exists. She's real somewhere. Yeah, I would like to find her. No, actually, some of the once it got once the cops came and and had a pro, and were um, roughing up her friends. Like, there's the page where the cop is grabbing her boyfriend and then put in and put her arms behind her back, like that page where when he like kind of was patting her down. Uh, it's a left-sided page. I don't know what page number it is. That that one, I was like, oh, that was rough, you know. And actually, some of the action in that scene afterwards was a little rough. Yeah, the, the problem when, when you're photographing and you're doing action, like well, like in that next that page you're talking about, the page facing it, somebody gets punched, and it doesn't look like a punch at all. No, I, I, there was a storytelling issue there. Yeah, I, that's, I, that's, that's what like, comes from photographing and yeah, not actually drawing the art. Agreed. That was the stuff I had problems with a lot. I, I don't know. I just don't. I got I got to get the omnibus out and see what the what the deal was with Daredevil because it seemed to work for Daredevil, but not for this. You're just saying it doesn't work right away, or it doesn't work for you. It doesn't work for me. But would you give it? Would you give it though? A four. I give it a four. I like the story a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I I haven't made my mind up yet on this one, and I know that you were talking to me earlier when you said that some people on this podcast may not like. Yeah, that's what I guess. I don't really like when the characters look at me and do the narration that way. I see that as a different way. I mean, really. You could have put those. You could have taken the tail off those those balloons, and and then they just become captions. But then you've you've used up a lot of pages with the character just looking at you and telling you that stuff where you didn't necessarily need to do that. It's but not I, fe- as... I felt this weird connection to her though. And that's, I mean, she's and looking that's, at me, you know, and that's valid. And also, she's got short hair. Yes. Yeah. Plus, plus uh, you know, something's going to happen. A belly shirt. They said, you know, this is just the beginning. You're gonna yeah. help, you're gonna help me do this. So clearly, it's, it's a, he's telling a different story. You couldn't tell with just captions. And there's a reason I'm, for the talking. I'm curious. Yeah. I'm very curious. I think one of the things that's interesting about this book is that. Like I don't really know what it's about yet. I can't tell you what it's about. This is like well, this is a pilot episode. Yeah, not it's not even. It's a first act, really. Yeah, not it's, even. It's, it's not even the first act. I feel like this is like a, an issue zero. It, it's a cold open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is what it is. To be honest, is because that's the issue form and that's how it works. But I don't quite know what it is. And you know, the other thing is interesting is that it feels like <laughs> I'm surprised this is Bendis. If you were to tell me this is Bendis, I would be like, wow. I thought it was somebody much younger. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I was like, I was like, oh, Bendis is angry at the world. Yeah, yeah, and, and I—that's weird because you know he's not. <laughs> like, I, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, we've we've spent enough time listening to him talk that 
doesn't seem like he's particularly angry at the world. So, and that's that's not a criticism, but it means that he's he's actually writing a character that is different than than him, which is good, which is you know different than a lot of people do. They just write themselves into all these different characters. Yeah, and I don't feel like this is him. So, on the one hand, that's kind of impressive. On the other hand, I'm not terribly interested. I'm not all that angry at the world. Yeah. Mm. Well. Well, yeah. <laughs> not, not, not for these reasons. But you don't need to be angry at the world. I mean, that's part of the that's part of the that's part of that's, the story. Well, there's, no, there's, a, there's, a, there's an economic collapse and an oil gush and all kinds of things to be angry about. Yeah, there's a lot I know, of but this feels more like when I was when I was 20 years old and I was like, oh man, cops are racist. You know, then I felt a different kind of anger at the world. Like when I was a skater and I was a kid and I was pissed off at everything. I don't feel like were, that. And you were anymore. a local drug dealer. Yeah. No. No. That was the writer. <laughs> yes, I'm also in the book. <laughs> well, that's the other little bit too. Is that uh, is that apparently you're freelancing in Portland as a local news reporter, which yeah. is a glimpse of your future, perhaps. It could be. Yeah. I, how how lame would it be if I moved to Portland, never having? I didn't know. I just didn't know that you and Venice were this tight. Well, the, early in the day, someone was like, "Hey, is that you in in Scarlet?" And I was like, "No." Venice <laughs> no, definitely does not know who I am. I know this for a fact because. There's been a lot of word balloons where John will go, hey, you know, Josh Flanagan wrote this, and Ben is like, yeah, it's just nothing, nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally fine with that. This is not, this is not like some ad, but I'm like, he's not putting. Well, that, and that's the thing. He, I think he vaguely knows us as an entity, but yes. he, I don't think he could. He'd walk, he'd walk right by you on the street. No, oh, totally, yeah. and that's and again, or at a convention, or at a convention, or a convention. He might vaguely recognize me. But that's only because I'm the one who always annoys him at the conventions. Right. Right. <laughs> So basically, like it's an interesting book. I I don't think I would have made it my pick of the week. I do want to read more because I'm really, I'm almost interested in this just from a craft perspective to see like what what is what does Bendis have in him at this point? What's coming out of him? And I'm really interested in that. Yeah, and that's me too. You know. Yeah. Are we sick of that bridge yet? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, Portland, all right, enough. Yeah, I thought the <laughs> same thing. Yeah. Also, you know, the cover is pretty great. I wish he had drawn. I mean, it looks like the cover's more drawn than the inside. Why didn't he do that style? Is that Malieve? Yes. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like it mixed a little because that last two pages, I think, is a little like that. I feel like this is older. She's yeah. like, this is like an older image. Like they drew this a long and time the ago. Yeah, like the spec idea. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What else know. you got for us, Ron? All right. So after moving out of Scarlet Number One, we are now going to enter into the segment of the show where we just talk about Number One issues. <laughs> Through no fault of our own. One, it's not two, our fault. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight more number one issues to talk about. The runner-up for Pick of the Week for me was Avengers The Children's Crusade, the Alan Heinberg, Jimmy Chung book, mm-hmm. which if it was Pick of the Week, it would have purely been on two things. I love Jimmy Chung, and I want to marry him and make him draw for me the rest of his life, um, which is a little creepy. Creepy. A little bit. Um, his, you, can him, you can keep him next to McKelvey in my basement. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've already got him, actually. Uh, so. I don't um, want to be in this conversation. I want to go. <laughs> just things that dudes do, Josh. It's just two, two guys in a basement. Nobody needs to know. Uh, his Magneto on the last page yeah. was nice. <laughs> also, for some reason, uh, Alan Heinberg can write these young Avenger characters like nobody else can. Sure, there he is. Yeah. So um, it was really good. That said, it was the first issue, and it didn't really wow me. It didn't really knock my socks off. You know? Yeah. 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 So it was a strong four, I thought. Yeah. I had two weird thoughts about the book. One was, and I never do this, but I was trying to figure out when it happened, because yeah. Yeah. Captain America was Steve Rogers, but it happened after Siege, so that well, was... If you, yeah, no, well, if you if you read uh, my article about this from the press conference, they said that this takes place after Siege, takes place now, but it's uh, admittedly, admittedly Cap and Iron Man don't match up, and sorry. I don't really care. <laughs> I, I didn't, it didn't bother me. Yeah. I'm actually uh, cool with that, because this Captain America doesn't work if it's Bucky. 
Yes. It doesn't. It's got to be Steve. The story changes completely. So that's that was that's, just a brief glimmer. The the one thing that I caught that I thought of and I couldn't shake was it was weirdly constructed in that the story opens with the Young Avengers fighting these uh, these bad guys and Captain America and Iron Man and Miss Marvel show up to help and they and Wiccan who is maybe the son of Scarlet Witch sends all the bad guys into a coma with a blast very much like yeah. House of M blast so they get all freaked out they they tell Wiccan they want to bring him back to the Avengers Tower to study him they bring him back and he immediately says no I'm out of here and he leaves. And he gets home, and by the time he's home, Captain America's beaten him home. And he says, no, you got to come back with me. So they go back to the tower. He's there for about two seconds. The Avengers break him out again, and then they go back to the tower. There's a lot of, like... A lot of back and forth, There's yeah. a lot of circular time wasted between going from the tower to, the, to somewhere else. But back. if all he, that Immediately did, back to the tower. But if all that didn't happen, we didn't get the excellent uh, scene of Captain America hailing a cab. Right. <laughs> Just like, really? What, you want to take the subway? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I was well, like, was fun, yes, just, I would like they to kept see going that. from place to place, back and forth. It was just weird, for no reason. Yeah, it's a good. But other point. than that, it was it was good. The art was fantastic. The art was beautiful. I, just, I love them. Uh, so good. So nine issues over the next eighteen months in the story. Have fun with that. What's wrong with that? I have no problem with that. It's two years. I don't understand that critique because it w- if it was an eighteen issue book, it's the same thing. Yeah, I know, but I get t- I get double. All right, whatever. People say, "Well, we don't have time we- for this." Yes, we do. <laughs> it's our own show. We can go as long as we want. Oh, says the time cop. <laughs> You're talking about Van Dam? Yeah. So yeah, no. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 it's tough. It's tough. I just love. I it, I'd hate to see this get delayed. Super, super delayed. Well, if it gets much delayed beyond that, then that's more yeah. problem of. I think it's that it, when an issue comes out once every two months, it's hard to keep track. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do. I, I, a lot of, I, I, I have, have no problem with that. It's just it's, it's rather more like it's just the um, you know like nine issues. That's that for me. Not a nine issue series should be done within a year. I feel like. Well, they better be good. Yeah. Anyway, so Connor was your pick of the week, Batman Odyssey number one. Actually, I haven't made a pick of the week yet. I don't know oh, what it is. Oh, really? Okay. You have to I, by the end of this show. You have to tell us. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be randomly choosing Jonah Hex. <laughs> I have three theories about Batman Odyssey number one. It's by Neil Adams. He wrote it. He wrote it and drew it. He wasn't originally supposed to write it, but it ended up not happening with Frank Miller. So he ended up writing and drawing. <laughs> <himself>. Surprise! <laughs> can you say? Can you say wacky? <laughs> this is. I have three theories. And it's, okay, first of all, it's early in the morning. I can't remember all the theories. But it's it, noon, everyone. <laughs> Just, just, it's no, we're not, it's not eight o'clock. If you go to bed at six o'clock in the morning, it's early in the morning. It felt to me very much like a, you could have called this Batman forever. Yes. It was, it felt like a, yes. a creator who is just, just do what you want and don't worry about it. Because it's, it's very much not in the DCU. It seems to be in an alternate world that Neil Adams has created on his own, which I'm, which I'm totally fine with because if anyone should be allowed to just run free, it should be Neil Adams and do whatever he wants. Crazy um, Neil Adams. <laughs> it's either it's either that or it's going to make sense in the end, and there's reason for the Odyssey title. I mean, I have it just I think it's too early to tell. It's it's my my guess is it's just Neil Adams doing whatever he wants. He probably doesn't even read the modern comics. Doesn't know what's going <laughs> of on. Of course, with him. he doesn't. You think probably. He, you think <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make any definitive statements. I don't. I feel know like I'm sure. stuck behind him in line all the time at Midtown. He's like, oh man, I got to get out of here and back to work. Just you can't see around his giant head. So you can't <laughs> tell how long the line is. It's expanding. <laughs> This was Neil Adams just running free, doing a Batman story in his own world with his own continuity, with his own characters. He's got Dick Grayson wearing the, the Tim Drake, uh, Robinson, which he did design, so I understand that's why he's using it. Yeah. The Batmobile's a Corvette. Yeah. I, I liked it because it was it was so out there. I, I think I liked it the same way that you liked X-Men Forever. Yeah, yeah. In that it was, I, it was crazy. I made a last-minute audible on this one. I didn't get it. Yeah. 
because I was like, I I know it's going to be real pretty, but it's not. Gonna, I was like, it's not going to make gorgeous. sense. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's, I'm it's, sure. It's, it's, the, the man still got it. He's still got it. I figure I'll check it out. Yeah. It's I, if 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 we hadn't had the site blow up and I couldn't add to the panels post, there would have been at least at least 10 or 11 panels I could have pulled out of this book to put in the best panels yeah. for my fanboy. This yeah. was gorgeous. Some of those fantastic Neil Adams layouts. Yeah. The, the two-page diagonal spreads, the uh, the hands coming at you in the foreground. It's, still it's, got it going on? He's still yeah. got it. He's definitely He's 69 years old and he's still drawing better than most people that, that draw comics. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. Now, one book, I was at the store and they were like, you're going to buy Shadowland? And I actually laughed in the guy's face. Really? Did you, did you <laughs> not buy it? No, fuck no. Oh. <laughs> Why are you so angry? Why, yeah, I'm not. It's just, it's just we, all we do is, is lambast the state of Daredevil and how bad that once great corner of the Marvel Universe is. And I, I, don't, I don't even that. know. I just stopped reading it. I don't know if it's bad or not. I just said, like, I'm going to walk away from this for a while. I can't tell you if it's bad or not. Billy Tan's the artist on this is he? event. Yeah. yeah but, but is Billy Tan the one we hate or is this the we hate both of them. We, hate, we hate both of them? Okay. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not. Don't say I'm hating any. I don't Josh want, hates both of them. He told I me once. Which is the one that did Batman? Philip Tan did Batman. So this is not that. No, so I don't like Batman. that one more this than this. This is the guy who did New Avengers. Right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't mind this one. I think the Batman one is worse. But anyway, I bought it. Am I the only? Josh, did you get it or? No, no, no. Oh, so I'm the only one. Who got, I didn't. I actually kind of enjoyed it. I, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, like the thing was at the end of the, when I whenever I stopped Daredevil, I think it was right around when Diggle took over, and I I'd read the first couple, and I was like, it's okay, and I was like, yeah. I'm and I'm gonna just walk away from this one. Yeah. And and so like it was kind of interesting, but hey. Do you like it? It was all right. I mean, I, I mean, admittedly, you know, it was all right. Isn't like a ringing endorsement? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I I did enjoy it. I mean, Daredevil's in a in a new costume, so you got that going for you. Oh, he's well. in a black costume now that lo- that looks right out of the nineties. It's a callback to the uh, Hulk show. Yeah, and it ends with him stabbing Bullseye in the same pose as Bullseye stabbing Elektra with the sigh. So, <sighs> Josh, I'm, will you pay six dollars now? I, no, I, you just you just talked me out of it completely. <laughs> if I had known that was in there, but I'm like, that no. Said, that's said, I enjoyed it. I did. I did it. I did enjoy it. It wasn't. I mean, like ba- basically, what happened was that Bullseye leveled a building in Hell's Kitchen, and so Matt and the Hand built a Chinese style tower to kind of show Hell's Kitchen that Daredevil's watching and Bullseye breaks out of jail and faces off. Hey, hey you got to come down here. This is a code violation. You can't have that up in here. Come on. He faces off, he faces off with the hand ninjas and goes right through him. Then him and Daredevil have a fight and it ends with Daredevil stabbing him. Power Man and Power Man, Luke Cage and uh, Iron Fist try to try to help him, try to help Daredevil, but Daredevil says, will you, will you swear allegiance to the hand? And they're like, uh, and Luke is like, that'll be a no. <laughs> so like, see, this is this is just not I a story I'm interested in reading. But as yeah. I said, it, I found it enjoyable. I did like there was a two page spread where they show they're calling Hell's Kitchen Shadowland now, and there's a shot of everyone kind of reacting, and there's you know the uh, the Kingpin in Midtown, and then the Punisher on the High Line, and then you know Spider Man in Battery Park, and then Moon Knight was in Inwood, and I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> What's Moonlight Moon doing, doing in Inwood? <laughs> you just, can you see the hand going to local realtors? <laughs> Excuse us. Would you mind changing the name? It's it's not Hell's Kitchen it's, anymore. It's Shadowland. It's Clinton. No, they dropped the Clinton. No, it's Shadowland. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It, it, it. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna buy all the one shots and everything, but I'll buy the main series. Anyway, so moving on. So did you guys uh, bust a nut over Steve Rogers Super Soldier number one? I wanted to. And what happened? It was okay. Yeah. It was, it right. was like it was not like it was uh, Ed Brubaker writing Steve Rogers is usually a good thing, and it was. If there's any character that Dale, Dale Eaglesham's giant hulky formula is allowed to do, it's it's Steve Rogers. He sort of made everybody super bulky. 
it was kind of interesting. I liked it. I thought enough. I thought Eaglesham's art wasn't as nice as it was in Fantastic Four. I thought it was fine. I think that's why you get it on time. Yeah, well, no, no, I think because he did the same thing where it doesn't look like he inked it, and then Andy Troy did the colors on his on his pencils, and I, I think yeah. that, that you see that if if anyone questioned how good Paul Mounts is, I think this is this shows it. Um, not that it was bad, but it just didn't look as sharp. It didn't look. I liked that a lot, except for the um, the flashback to Skinny Steve Rogers and yes. Skinny, yeah. Skinny, uh, yeah, I was thinking Tyler that too. Tyler Paxton with their giant heads and their skinny bodies. I laughed because like, they look like Holocaust survivors. Yeah, and, and not, I mean they're skinny and they're skinny. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. They uh, end up with their heads are normal size. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they, they look like a video game. Cheat. Look at the giant necks. I yeah. just I can't stop looking at Steve Rogers' neck. Um, I love this. I, I thought this was this really reminded me of the old Captain America book before Bucky came out. This was this. I, it's, I'm sad that it's only a miniseries. I'm sad we're only gonna get four issues. This was one of my favorite books from the week. I will say that this convinced me a little bit that the costume's kind of dumb. Oh, really dumb? Because I was just like, why don't you just wear black? Like, if you're a super secret agent, wear yeah, black. Just, just wear a turtleneck or something. Because yeah. he's sticking yeah. out a lot more because of it, And I thought, which is odd. I mean, it's kind of interesting. He's playing back with the, the whole the origin of Captain America, Erskine. I'll read more of it. I, I, I wish it was a little better, but I liked it enough. This just made me miss Cap being Cap in his book. This is the book yep. I want to be reading, not the other book. Which, I, which, which is good, but it doesn't excite me as much as this one does. Yep. Uh-huh. Oh, good. They've restarted X-Men. Hey, Ron, I bought X-Men. You bought X-Men number one? Yeah. So the first new X-Men title since 1991, or first new, yeah, new X-Men or adjectiveless X-Men title, um, they went to the old 1960s logo, which I liked. Loved it. Loved it. I really kind of enjoyed this. I did too. Yeah, I mean, despite despite my grumbling that this is coming out before Second Coming finished, so this basically explains how the X-Men are getting involved in this whole uh, vampire thing, and if you're groaning at the vampire X-Men thing, the X-Men fought Dracula back in the 70s or 80s. Like, Dracula's been a villain in the past in the X-Men. So there, there, there is a like Storm had this whole thing with Dracula where she, you know, she got bitten and and she became his servant, kind of like Renfield, you know, like it was the, the, Dracula exists in the X Men mythos. So this this totally makes sense from that standpoint. And you know, uh, Medina's art was good. I, 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 there, was, I, there was nothing wrong with this book. As far as it was a lot of fun. It yeah. didn't. I mean, I'm not a regular X Men reader, and it didn't. I was never lost. I'm the only, actually the only thing I was lost about was who was that doctor that was treating Doctor Nemesis. He's, yeah, okay. Doctor Nemesis. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, I mean, it was totally accessible. I enjoyed yeah. it. I had fun with it. it. You understood what was going on. I liked the, the vampire aspect. It's different. It's not the same. St- I'm not reading any other store where superheroes are fighting masses of vampires. I thought there was a real clever. I mean, basically, what happened was is that. A, a vampire walked into Union Square in, in San Francisco in daylight and exploded and in doing that infected his blood landed on people infected everyone around him with this manufactured strain of vampire blood and Jubilee got infected and so now Jubilee's becoming a vampire which is interesting because that character was dead it had no she lost her power she had nowhere to go so it brings her back into the fold and that's a real clever use of the vampire power kind of thing you know like the, you know by making a vampire bomb is kind of interesting you know and yeah. you know they immediately made an army in San Francisco you know I, th- I thought it was interesting I like that they're folding in science into the X-Men and they're pull, you know trying to make, pull it off you know, I, I think it's all neat. I think Paul Cornell got gypped. How so? He had the whole vampire story already. Oh, true. Yeah, that's a good point. And it's the same same kind of thing. But vampires weren't the big thing then, and now they are. So they're kind of doing it again. Yeah. Same editor, sick Nick Lowe on both of them. Possibly. I'm not really angry about it or anything, but it's yeah. interesting that it, it it didn't work a year and a half ago because it wasn't the X Men. Yeah. Well, that's the power of the brand. True enough. Can't argue with that. Yeah, so I liked it. I'm I'm on board. I'll I'll dig it. My comic book store tried to tell me try to sell me that. I was like, no, 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 I don't know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so in addition to the X Men world, X Women number one came out of one shot by Chris Claremont with art by Milo Manara. 
And Milo, for those who don't know, Milo Manera is a European artist who is known as a master of, you know... There's of, a glowing you know, tribute in the back to, from Joe yeah. Posada about him. Explains who he is, yeah. Calls him the best of us. Yep. And it's true. I mean, he, he some of his stuff that he's done in Europe is just downright amazing, and I don't think I'd ever see him on an X-Men book ever. Um, uh, I bought this because, for two reasons, well, I guess it's the same reason. One is you've got crazy Chris Claremont writing a story drawn by Mila Minara, who is, he's known for his erotica yeah. in Europe. So there's no way I'm not checking that out. Yeah, that's for sure. It did not disappoint. It no, was. It did, and the, the thing is, is that like Claremont wrote a decent script. It felt very old, old school Marvel. Yeah, it wasn't as bloated as the scripts tend to be. It, I thought it was lean where it needed to be. It told the story well. It got it across. And Minara's art is just beautiful. After the first three pages, the first three pages were very text heavy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. First, the first page specifically, I was tired. But then by the end of it, I, I was thinking about how text light it was. Yes, the by the, yeah. by the yeah. it got really. Yeah. Sort of now, you know, did did we need to have, you know, the characters bound with bamboo gags? Well, this is, a, I mean, it, it is a Mila Manara story. Yeah. It's an erotica yep. artist doing an X-Men women story, so it's going to be that way. It's okay to have these things as special one-shots. Right. If every comic was like this, that'd be a problem. But this is what this is a special case. It's an erotic artist doing an X-Men story, so it's going to be erotically tinged. And that's yeah. fine. You don't have to like it. But everything. Everything in my life is erotically tinged. <laughs> are you going to drink that? You don't want to. I don't know that Kitty Pride's going to wear a thong to the beach, but maybe you know. But in this instance, she will. Maybe, maybe she's she's empowered. You know, it was really gorgeous. I mean, he the erotic poses and stuff aside. I mean, look at his background. Look at the way he draws bows. I mean, everything. He is just he's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's great. You know, is he saying uh, we are not as nearly uptight as you? You know, you're very uptight, America. It's you know, she has this song. You say she is chafed. I say she is sexy. I don't know. No. <laughs> it, it was beautiful. I loved it. It was definitely fun. I wouldn't want to read this all the time, but it was a nice yeah. one shot. Uh, you, do you read uh, Soar, the Matty Avenger number one? I think Thor? so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thor, the Mighty Avenger number one from Roger Langridge, Chris Somney, and Matt Wilson on colors. Langridge. <laughs> you just like saying that, don't you? Yes. I didn't read this, though. Watch your language. <laughs> it was I, – I wasn't really sure what to expect. I knew that it wasn't like a typical Thor book. Uh, it's really an all-ages book in a way that we don't see very much anymore. When I say all-ages book, it's not a kid's book, but it's not like an adult book. There's no continuity. You just sort of start from scratch, and it's it's almost like – I don't know if it's like an Elseworld story or whatever you want to call it. but uh, My store had it stocked with the kids' books. Yeah, and I can see that. It actually felt like an older book to me, and I, I kind of liked it for that. It was a little simplistic, I suppose. Like it was just a, it was a little melodramatic. I think is a, is a good way to put it. I was actually the story interested me. I was kind of curious about it. Basically, like this woman is the head of the Nordic Arts wing of her museum, and this homeless Thor comes in, and he's talking Norse and making no sense. And then she runs into him later, and he's learned English over the course of a couple of days. But she's also breaking up with her boyfriend at the same time. So, like, it was almost like young adults, I guess, because it was just a little melodramatic, and it wasn't like it wasn't written like most. I guess I want to say adult comics. But I liked the story. I liked the idea of it. I'm a big fan of Chris Somney. We know that. We talked about it earlier. I, it's funny because it was a different feel than a lot of his stuff. It was very bright. His lines weren't nearly as thick. There wasn't as much sort of blacks and shadow as Not he does. Not shadow heavy like he does, yeah. Uh, it also was a little, it felt a little thin, I guess, in that sense. But I like his Thor. His Thor is like a thinner, sort of younger looking Thor. And he's a little less, he got a little less bravado about him. But it was fun. It was fun. I'm, I'm curious where it'll go next. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was one of the best Thor comics I've read in a while. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I was I was into it. 
one of the only Thor comics I read in a while. But it was, you're right, it was all ages, but it wasn't too kiddie at all. In fact, mm-hmm. I thought it was surprise. I was going into it thinking it would be kiddie because of the way it was stocked at my store, but it wasn't. There was a lot of sort of subtleness happening and, and a lot of, not adult themes, but, you know, there was, there was a lot of, you know, there was a drunken brawl. There was a, there was, you know, the, the relationship problems. This was not for, like, eight-year-olds at all. It was, no. it, anybody could enjoy it, but there's a lot for everyone. I think if I was like 12, I would have read this and felt like I was reading something really mature. Yeah. Uh, and I would have liked it. And I did. So, but, but it was. Well, speaking of mature, if you had told me at any point in the past 20 years I'd be buying Brigade Number 1 from Image again, I would have laughed. Ha! But, but sure enough, here I am, Brigade Number 1. <laughs> I loved Brigade when it came out in 1992. It was part of the whole Rob Liefeld versus you know, Youngblood you know, kind of offshoot from there. And for some reason, Brigade really, I just liked it. Because I, I think it was like one of the first number ones I got from the image. Boo, you know, the image kind of starting because I came onto that a little late. I missed the first wave. And I just laughed because this had uh, Marat Michaels doing the art, who I don't think I've seen art from him since Brigade. Yeah, exactly. And his art wasn't that bad. And this was, I mean, this if you told me this book was published in 1993, I would have believed you. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. But I did buy it. I just want to let everyone know that I did buy it. Well, we're, we were all wondering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We've been talking about comics forever. I feel like we should, we should probably talk about the sponsor because they're making this possible for you. This episode is brought to you by Ugly Americans. If you guys are attending San Diego Comic-Con, and apparently hundreds of thousands of you are, Uh, I think everybody listening or reading comics goes at this point. That's why there's no hotel rooms. You want to go to the Ugly Americans panel on July 23rd. That's Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in room 25 ABC. The panel will be featuring Randy Perlstein. He's the voice of Leonard, who is an old drunken wizard, in case you didn't know. Matt Oberg is the voice of Mark Lilly, the social worker. And Kurt Metzger, the voice of Randall Skeffington, who is uh, Mark's zombie roommate. As well as the executive producers David M. Stern and Dan Powell and the series creator Devin Clark and, and even more people. Uh, this is an animated series on, on Comedy Central. I'm sure you've heard about it. You can catch a sneak peek of the upcoming season. That, that comes out in October. And one audience member, this is neat, one audience member will be picked and drawn into an upcoming episode. So if you go to the panel, you can be in an episode, which is actually really cool. That's really kind of cool. That's very cool. Don't miss that that their San Diego Comic-Con panel. And make sure to follow Ugly Americans at Facebook.com slash Ugly Americans and Twitter.com slash Ugly Americans. Check out on our website, the top on a red post, you can see the Ugly Americans Field Guide comic book. All sorts of helpful advice on an apocalyptic future covered in zombies, demons, and, and such. Uh, that kind of thing. Also, there's a whole bunch of other stuff that's going to be going on with Ugly Americans uh, at Comic-Con, including they're gonna, there's a, a big event going on at the House of Blues uh, Comedy Night and all sorts of things that we're going to tell you a little bit more about as we get closer and some giveaways, some other things that are going to be going on. So make sure to check out Ugly Americans. And if you're in San Diego, you don't, you don't want to miss that panel. And we thank them for sponsoring the show. Cool. Am I the only one left reading Batman and Robin? Is it just me at this point? Or? No. I'm gone. I bailed. I bailed. Are you kidding? This is fantastic. Are you kidding? Crowbar. <laughs> Crowbar. I feel like we're st- I mean, I feel like it's all starting to come together. Obviously it is, but starting to feel like a real payoff from having read all these issues, plus having read the issues in the previous run from Grant Morris. He's obviously got this master plan and it's all coming to a head here with the return of Dr. Hurt, who is impersonating Thomas Wayne. Mm-hmm. The Fraser Irving art was just gorgeous. You know, like sometimes I like Fraser Irving and sometimes I don't, and I think I think whatever it is, the story has to be right for him. And this was right for him. Yes. In certain part, like certain parts, really, really worked well. I'm, I'm shocked that you didn't just say that this is your pick of the week outright. Because well, I haven't decided. There's a lot of great books. It's up there. Um, well, it's got to. A be. lot of people were saying it was. A lot of people were saying good things about it. I mean, really, 
I, the, the the moment in this, and again, ever since the first issue of Batman and Robin, I've been saying this all along. The best thing about this book is the relationship between Dick and Damien, and it came out in this one where Dick is like, "Oh crap, we have to go back. He could kill him." And he's like, "What do you mean?" He said, "I'm not worried about the Joker. I'm worried about Damien. You know, it's the Joker I'm worried about." I'm not worried because, about Damien. I'm yeah. worried about the Joker. Yeah. And then you they cut into this room, and you see Damien there with all the swagger in the world that this little kid can muster, and he and he pulls out a crowbar. And he just whacks the Joker in the head. and That was a great panel. Where he, oh, where my he God. I was it, not it just, a best panel. Because it was in the review that Paul did earlier. Uh, it's already on the site. Um, which was a, by the way, read Paul's review of this book. Really excellent review. But besides that, this is just, I mean, this was the best issue of this in, in a while. I mean, they've all been really good. But this one really uh, hit emotionally. Did you notice that when they were driving to the Batcave, Batman was driving on the English side of the car? I did not. And then on the way on the way back, but he was riding on the American side. Let's not talk about. You mean, you mean, you mean the right side? <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Top Gear, and I get completely confused now. <laughs> um, Scalps thirty nine was no, was great. I I love that he keeps weaving in these characters that are both old and new, and telling different sides of them. And then now that you 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 think the things have stabilized, and then things just don't stabilize. I was reading this and I kept exhaling, just like oh, and I, and I. By the time I got to the end of it, I decided I was like, this is, this is the best comic being published today. I've I've decided to just go ahead and outright claim that it because thirty nine issues in and I'm I'm riveted every single time. The last issue was fantastic. The one before that was fantastic, and this one was fantastic. This was my pick of the week. That would have been it. Wow, interesting. Oh. People would have loved that one. Yeah. <laughs> Avengers The Origin number four, Joe Casey, Phil Noto. I love this series. Oh, it's so good. So pretty. And I, I feel like nobody's talking about it, and it's a pain in the ass. It's so good. It doesn't matter, Josh. I thought, yeah. I, I, thought I mentioned it when it came out, didn't I? Talk, I talked about the first yeah, no, issue, we, didn't we I? Talked yeah. about we talked the first about issue. We talked about the last one. Yeah, so Fine. good. It's so good, and it's so fun. And this is like, whatever for whatever reason, Phil Noto totally works in this one. Yes. And, and watching Ant-Man and the Wasp fly in and out, of Iron Man's old clunky suit is hilarious. But for me, the highlight of this was the conversations between Thor and Loki. And I was just like, that, that's some good Thor speak. Like I, I was would like, buy Thor if Joe Casey wrote Thor. Oh my God. I mean, they could just, and I, I feel like he could do that all day. But just <laughs> like, it's just them talking to each other and him just nailing the hell out of that, that ridiculous Thor speak and that bravado and that, you know, Asgardian blowhard warrior macho-ness yeah oh i was i was like that's awesome because i can't do that i want to be able to do that that's great i had so much fun reading that also another fun book i don't know if you noticed but gi joe number 20 has been like i think the third or fourth issue in a row of that series it's been really good i don't know if anybody jumped off or came back on but it's been a lot of fun lately highly tactical Yes, like it was, Chuck it was, Dickens really getting into the, the, the uh, military aspect of and it. And that's when it gets really good. And, and Shipwreck was in it, which is hilarious, always. <laughs> and, but he's not fun. He's not played for jokes or he's not played he for laughs. He should be, though. No, uh, I don't care. Yeah, you got to read his word balloons like the, in the voice, right? Uh, you know, the gay Jack Nicholson? Yeah. <laughs> that's what Shipwreck is. He's gay Jack Nicholson. Ah! Uh, it, just, it was just another, like, it was a really fun issue. And and they have been fun, and so uh, make sure to keep checking these out. But uh, I was I was impressed. I gave it five stars, and I don't know if I've done that for one of those in a while. So great book. You know, it also was a five star book. Jonah Hex fifty seven. Yes, it was. Yes, it Jesus. was. Yeah, it's almost like they they just they up the Andy post movie, and it's just oh, this was the classic little little kids telling tales about Jonah Hex issue, uh-huh. and their, their tall tales, and they've all Jonah Hex bouncing bullets off of canyon walls, and then. We, 
We had then, this. There was two of these in the best of the weekend panels. Yeah, and then they, that's they how good it was. I, You know what I liked about this issue the best was that Jonah Hex comes to town, and we saw a side of the story we never see, which is the townspeople sort of when they when they hear that hiding away. We can't go into town. Jonah Hex is there. Something might, yeah. bad might happen. So they sneak to town and they watch him fight a bunch of a bad guy with 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 the help of Scalp Hunter and the, the Two Gun Twins and Cinnamon and like every major Batman. You know what? All, forget all of that. For the first time in 57 issues, he ran out of bullets and he, ho- he tackled a horse. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty awesome. This was, the, this, was the, this was one of the best issues in a while. I think we put Scalped and Jonah Hex in my top five like, oh. for good. Wow. And then Scalp Hunter, so we're even? Hell no. And he punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I loved this. That was fantastic. Awesome. On the other hand, Ron, I thought demo ended on a clunker. Oh, uh, au contraire! And on a on a on a quieter week, this could this could have been a pick of the week contender for me. Oh, I thought this was the worst. Oh, uh, this too. one, this one. I was gonna say this for the first time in a long time. I got choked up. Like this one, this one played way less on the power idea, and this was totally a relationship book. What do you mean way less? It's all about the powers. Powers overwhelm the story. I know, but in this one, it's a, it got too complex. It's a, it's a couple. It's a it's a couple that are uh, together, like married, like a like a long term relationship couple. And when they when they're actually physically proximity away from each other, then they start to bleed. They start to get hurt, basically. So the more time they spend apart, the the more uh, physical pain they they get put in. But it just goes through the agony of a long term relationship and being in the same house of somebody and not stand, not being able to stand them and keeping your distance and going quiet, but then having something happen. And, and you know, spooning again and cuddling again and realizing that you need the other person. It just went through all those emotions in such a economy of space in just 22 pages. It got totally got across what the intention of the story was and just uh, just was a gut punch. That was a clunker. I liked it. I liked it. So now when somebody wrote, you guys said that can't be correct. Because you both disagree. Okay, fair enough. You're really hung up on that. Anyway, X Force 13. We're coming to the end of Second Coming, and this is shaping up to be one of the best. Again, this is the best X Men crossover in a while. Cable unleashed the techno organic virus and opened up a portal to let all the people in the future to come back to the present, and in doing so, exploded. So Cable is dead. As I predicted, Cable would die. And basically, Hope has now unleashed her power, and, and she's got like everybody's power. Which is, as far as it, at least it, what it looks like, she shot eye blast. She had armor. She uh, was flying. She was, you know, looked looked very strong. A little bit of a phoenix signature, in, you know, kind of explosion around her. Um, this this issue was really, really strong. A lot of action. A lot of fun. I love this event so far. Good times. Whoo! That was a lot of books. Yeah. 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 Good books. Yeah. It was like one of those books, one of those weeks where I was like, I didn't have time to read my books, but I, I didn't mind because every time I read one, I was like, that was fun. Yeah. That was, there's, uh, there was other five star books I didn't even talk about. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. No time. No time for love. I had 22 books, I think. 23 books. Yeah, a lot of books. Yeah, it was insane. You, the user community, read books as well. And so we want to highlight a couple of those. First one comes from Chris, uh, Chris Flinchbaugh. Who reviewed the the brightest day, the Adam special number one, and he gave the story a five out of five, and the art a five out of five, uh, even though it says four, but he gave it a five. Oh. And this is written by Jeff Lemire with art by Mahmoud Asrar, and he says picked up the Adam special based on enjoying Ray Palmer's character and perspective in the Blackest Night book, and the previous press sparked my interest further. Writer Jeff Lemire is, has been praised heavily on more than a few podcasts and in general comic book press for a sweet tooth series that so seemed to me that for this special at least it was a safe bet. 
Even with some decent expectations, this book wowed me. I was completely absorbed in the tale and invested in the mysteries that Ray encounters. Everything about this book was just right. The penciling, the use of shadows, more the anchor, kept the art in more realistic realm, a la Infantino-esque Silver Age, but not nostalgic, and with a modern sense of framing that didn't sacrifice the story at all for weird angles. I'm now seriously considering picking up Adventure Comics every month just for the Adam backup. A perfect restart to this character and entry point for the curious. And I forgot to buy this, and I'm so mad because I love Mahmoud Asrar and I love Jeff's work, so I need to go back to the store and get it. Did you not check your fanboy pull list when you were in the store? I, there were there some distractions in my store this week, so I see. let's just leave it at that. <laughs> well, too bad. You missed out. Next time. Pick it up next time. Yeah. Silver Age Tom wrote about Casanova number one, gave a story of 5 out of 5, and the art of 5 out of 5, and 1.3% of the fan base made this their pick of the week. And Silver Age Tom says, Like a lot of people, I missed Casanova the first time around. I don't think I've had been collecting comics at the time, and even if I had, I wouldn't have thought to pick this quirky little comic. But now Matt Fraction is one of those popular writers at Marvel with an Eisen under his belt. Mr. Fraction decided to clean up the old indie book he did with Gabriel Ba. So the question is, is this re-release justified? My opinion, absolutely. This is an oddball book with a great art sensibility with kooky story that may take a couple of reads to let it sink in, but the time taken to savor the book is fully worth it. This adventure follows Casanova Quinn and some psychedelic multiversal hijinks that are so quirky and fun that recapping the plot won't do it any justice. Matt Fraction's writing is surreal and smart, which is perfectly married to Gabriel Ba's art. The new color shines with its simplicity and seems to be a welcome addition to the book. Also, the backup art with art by Fabio Moon is a welcome delving into one of the issue's side characters. All in all, this is a book that I recommend to any sci-fi fan, and certainly to fans of the Moon Brothers. This is a great comic and a serious pick of the week contender for me. I, I, I gotta admit, I, I struggled with whether to get this or not because I have this in hardcover from Image when it originally came out. But I did pick it up because I wanted to see Dave Stewart do the colors, and of course, and it looked Ooh. great. And I, it was just a great, it was a great package, great presentation. It, the book looks so much different in color now, but it is a re-release, so, so you know. It doesn't feel like it was that long ago. It was it's a so while fun. ago. Yeah, it was like five, at least five years. I know, but yeah, so. you know. It's I don't know. It's also, interesting to see, it's also interesting to see the brothers' art as it was five years ago. You know, uh-huh. cool. So go to ifanboy.com/comics, and that's where you do your pull list, and you can rate and review your books and do all that stuff. And if you wanted to catch up on Casanova without buying these re-releases, you could go to InStock Trades and look and maybe find the trades, even though I think they're out of print. Bad segue. Um, in stock trades is an excellent place to find in print <laughs> trade paperbacks <laughs> and, and collection collected editions. Uh, you can save up to thirty seven percent off them on uh, most items. They've got free shipping on orders over fifty dollars. They've got over nine thousand trade paperbacks in stock and ready to order that are all in print and available. They got new releases listed every Wednesday, and your order normally ships within forty eight hours. So if you go to www.instocktrades.com, you can spend all your money on trade paperbacks. All right, then. We have to move quickly. We're going to the emails. First email is from Cesar Rodriguez. Hey, guys. Love the site and had a question for you as far as I know, but do feel free to correct me. You guys haven't mentioned Love and Rockets in any podcast, which surprised me since I know it's a very important comic and that many regard highly. I recently started reading comics for the first time after hearing how great it was for ages... I remember Sonia Harris used to bring it up in just about every other article she wrote. And so far, I'm enjoying it, though I can't help but feel it's a bit overrated. hate that word. But we'll stick with it since I've heard it gets better over time. So what are your two cents on the series? Thanks. We've definitely mentioned it, although we've done a lot of shows. Yeah, so we have. We haven't we haven't gone in depth on it. Maybe we should do a video show on it. But I think. No. But the, no. No. <laughs> well, why? Because you guys haven't read a lot of it. I right? know uh, because I, I read don't. It. I read it and couldn't finish it. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't have nine years to read it right. all to the point when it gets good. Exactly. Exactly. Well, the thing is, I disagree with that. I don't think it get. I don't think it. it you got to stick with it until it gets good. Like I've always been enamored with it. I've always loved it. Oh. Um, well, that's not good then, because I didn't like what I started to read. Yeah. Well, there you go. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Possibly. It's, 
It's not. I, I got the re-release when it came out yeah. many years ago, and I Maggie mechanic, and I got halfway through and said this isn't for me. Yeah. But well, so. that's the thing. I mean, and and it's it is an important work in terms of in, totally. in terms of indie stuff and and their art styles and the Hernandez brothers and all that sort of stuff. But it, it but like any book, you know, Casanova is not for a lot of people. Like Josh, if I remember, you hated it, right? Yeah, yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah, so I mean, like, not those indie books aren't always for everybody. I don't think it's overrated though, because purely from an artistic standpoint, it's it's important. I hate the term overrated. Yeah. I I dismiss it entirely. It's not a criticism. You might not like it. There's some reason that a lot of people. It's not for you. It's not for me. It's whatever. There's some reason that so many people hold it in regard. And it's not like it's not like oh, it sold a billion copies. It isn't that? It's that like. It was a major milestone in indie comics in the I guess the eighties and nineties. Uh, yeah, mainly eighties. Ma- mainly eighties. Yeah, mainly eighties. Um, you know, I, I, it's something that it also maybe you know maybe had to be there at the time. Maybe whatever it wasn't wasn't for me, but um, not overrated. But you but you under, but you understand that it was for others. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That's so, good. There you go. You're just you're, right. you're just a poser. You're trying to be cool. Totally, I'm overrated. Okay, our next email comes from Tim, also known as Patriot Son on the site. And he says, I know there is a huge difference between the comic book market now and the comic book from the early 90s. But seeing the recent article on iFanboy about the vampire variant covers got me thinking. Why is nearly every book getting a variant cover now? It's not even number one issues. It's every chapter of Second Coming, every issue of The Avengers, every issue of The New Flash, etc. I was thinking the collector days were over, but seeing the shameful Iron Man variant covers of the X-Men that he wasn't in when the movie released makes me think otherwise. If they are collector's items, why does every comic shop mark these issues up to $20 or more? What are your thoughts? Well, they are collector's items. And, and, and there are people who pay for them. Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the variant cover is the last bastion of the retailer exclusive kind of thing. Basically, the way it works, or at least the way Marvel does it, I mean, most and, and I think DC does it as well, but they have a system where if you order a minimum number of issues, you get one variant cover. And so if you order 20 copies of X-Men number one, you'll get the variant, you, you get the John Cassidy variant cover, or whatever, you know, whatever there might be. I don't know if he did one or not. And then those variant covers, because they're so small in quantity, are instantly worth 20 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. You know, it sucks. I don't know. I mean, like, it, I mean, it, you know, Joe, yeah. Joe Casada op- uh, answered a question about this once, and basically he was like, you know what? It, it doesn't hurt anybody, and there's a portion of people out there who really like them, and the retailers can make a little more money out uh, from them, so we do it. Right. Here's the thing. If you really want the variant cover, but you're not willing to pay for it, then, you know, then you don't want it that bad. Exactly. But if somebody's willing to pay for it, then, then- I, 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 can't, I can't fault. I can't fault the the shops for finding a way to make some extra money, you know, based on people willing to pay for it. Right. I think it's funny because my, my store at Isotope James, he gets the variants and he get, he sells them for like two ninety nine or three ninety nine cover price to the biggest fan of that of that title in, of his customers. <laughs> so, like for example, when that Daredevil six hundred variant came out, and there was that ultra exclusive one, and he got it, and he gave it to the biggest Daredevil fan of, at his store. Like that's a neat way to do it. Not every store can do that. And I know there are some stores like in the Midwest or whatever that live on eBay and and live by these variants, and like it's a major moneymaker for them. But um, but that it doesn't. Not everybody's doing it. I guess that's the point. Well, if yeah. you go to Midtown in the city, you know, like you'll see on the shelf there'll be the book, and then next to it will be the bagged and boarded variant cover for like twenty five bucks. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, and some but somebody's buying it. I saw. I see people pick them up all the time. Yeah. If they wanted, it's like a subculture. Like I don't like. I feel like they're not hurting me. I so let them do what they want. Tweet each their own, you know. Yeah, it's not like the not. I mean, it's, it's not like the boom. It's not the same thing. Yeah, I don't feel like. No, because back a, then everyone bought them. Yes. Yeah. 
I have tons of bagged and bagged books that were in poly bag with trading cards I've never opened. I mean, that's everyone bought those. And those I, weren't those weren't even variant. Those no, weren't but even, you, yeah, no, but you know. I, no, they were. I bought five copies of each Robin because they had different covers. I mean, those were variant covers. They just were right. Like, no, but they weren't as limited. The thing is, now they're in way limited quantities. That's my point. Is that is that they're you know for every fifty right, copies the, the, of right. Robin, the point yeah. is back then everyone bought the variants. This yeah. now they're now they're rare. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. A different thing though. It's evolved. It's evolved. Yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting question, but yeah, if it's if you don't if you're not interested, don't buy it. But don't you know? It might be some people. It's their thing. All right. So shoot us an email at contact.ifanboy.com if you have any questions. Uh, we're gonna skip the voicemail this week because we talk, went long on talking about the comics. So give us a call at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight eight three two six two six nine seven. If you like this show, you listen to this show and our many other shows every week, you might find yourself wondering how can you help support these shows that provide you so much free entertainment and make your comic book reading experience better. Hopefully, well, number one, you can click on the banners when they return. Hopefully free of malware. <laughs> Sorry. It'll be safe then. Until then. It wasn't to, my fault. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon. Wasn't even supposed to be here today. I know. <laughs> it really wasn't. That's the point. Someone, someone jammed digital gum on our locks. <laughs> ifanboy.com slash Amazon is what you can do for right now. You can go there and you can, if you're an Amazon shopper, you click on the Powered by Amazon button. It'll take you on Amazon. Anything you purchase there will help us out. We'll get a little piece of that. And you won't even have to pay anything extra. Amazon will, will foot us the bill. So do that. I spend all my Amazon money through to Amazon.com slash Amazon. I do. That's a lot of Amazons. It's Ooh, actually 75% of all Connor's pre-tax income. Yes. <laughs> Amazon.com. <laughs> well, I spend it myself. I get it back. It's a weird circle. You can buy our T-shirts. We've got Fear Agent T-shirts. You can check those out at FM.com slash store or designed by Jerome Pena. It's, it's a, the only Fear Agent T-shirt out there that's sanctioned by Rick Remender. The other ones are all featuring Heath peeing on things, which are not sanctioned. Those are not <laughs> He hates Ford. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's also a couple of Battle Pug shirts left but anyway, check out our t-shirts or fm.com slash store you can be a member that's the best way you can for $4 a month or $42 a year or $10 a month or $100 a year you can become an iFanboy member you get a special prize pack for do- joining our membership program you get a, a comic book a sticker a button a couple of buttons actually you get a couple of stickers now too and if you got a high level member you get a t-shirt which um, if you're ordering big ones they're still on order so you have to hold on a little bit longer for that. But becoming an iFanboy member really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Part of what we do at iFanboy is we make podcasts. In addition to this Pick the Week podcast, we have a podcast called Don't Miss, which comes out every Monday. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out because as we're talking to creators and they're talking about their books they're putting out every week. And it helps you uh, decide if you're going to buy a book when you go to the store. This past week... Who was on the show? I'm blanking. It was, it was uh, so, Casanova. Uh, it was Matt Fraction. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. How could I forget that? Jesus, yeah. Chris talked to Matt Fraction back at the new Casanova uh, printing. And this Monday, I'm going to be talking to Zeb Wells about New Mutants number 15, the first issue of the fall of the New Mutant storyline. So um, it'll be the first time we talked to Zeb Wells. I'm inter- um, excited for that. But that's not the only place where we talk to creators. Oh, there'd be talksplodes, booksplodes, explodes uh, all over the place. Uh, this last week, you may have heard me and Chris Neesman talking to Chris Somney about Thor, uh, the Mighty Avenger, as well as Area 10 and the Mighty, and going way back to his start on Capote in Kansas. Really, really fun conversation. Chris is a, a fun, cool guy, hell of an artist, and uh, he doesn't sleep much. That's what I know. Next week, I will be talking to Andy Schmidt, editor for IDW. He's also a comic writer, and he runs uh, Comic Experience, which is sort of a school for people who want to know how to make it's, comics. It sounds, like, it sounds like a fantasy baseball camp. 
<laughs> the comics it experience, is, you know, like it's like it come to Florida bit. for a week. Well, you'll learn to yeah. draw from you know. Like, <laughs> you put on a you put on a giant floral print shirt and hang out with George Perez. Yeah, but, Herb, Herb Trippy. But um, but I have heard I, 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 <laughs> Denny O'Neill, <laughs> Al Milgram, <laughs> Danny Fingeroff. <laughs> But I have I do know Special people, guest Jim Shooter I do I do know people Who have taken Marvel's Bobby Chase I, I do know people I hope none of these people Are dead I do know people Who have taken uh, Andy's classes and, and some of them Are getting published Like it works so It oh, works yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, We had We had uh <laughs> Call us It works We had uh, a thread on the site Where you could ask them Some questions So we, we asked them A bunch of questions From the audience too So went over all that stuff It's a nice long conversation It'll be coming out Next week So look for it in a month or so, San Diego Comic Con. Month? Two months? Is it three months no. away? No. Oh fuck. No. It's Tuesday. <laughs> a week from Tuesday. No, it's not a week. Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah, not. Yeah, it is. It's a week from when people hear the show. Oh crap. <laughs> no, it's like a week and a half from from Monday. Yeah, we we leave on Tuesday, but the con doesn't start until Wednesday night, so it's a week. Yeah, and a but half, I, yeah. I count when I have to get in a fucking oh, plane. Dear for Lord, out. yeah. San Diego Comic Con's coming, so if you're going to be there, we will be there. Say hi. There'll be a post about this, but I'll tell you really quickly. There's going to be a couple of panels that we're going to be appearing on. One's on Thursday, one's on Friday. I don't know which is which. The Thursday one is the Comics Podcast panel that Josh is going to be on, and he's going to be on with... Uh, what now? Uh, 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 <laughs> Suntress from Word Balloon and Jimmy from Comics News, uh, Comics News Insider. Um, uh, Pants from CGS. It's, it's going to be a fun time. Well, the, 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 the usual crowd. Yeah, but there's some newcomers on there as well. So so we get to heckle Josh. It's heckle yes. Josh time. And then Friday, we're going to be moderating a panel with about digital comics with our, our good friend Mia from Graphically, as well as uh, Ben Templesmith and some other cool folks. So, um, so come out to those panels if you're in San Diego. Also, there's going to be an iFanboy party or meetup. Um, one of the days, we're still locking down details. Check out iFanboy.com. If you're going to be there, that's where all the details will be. But there will be a party meetup. Thing. Yes, we, we want to see you in San Diego. That's Come heckle Josh. Yes. I'm going to wear sunglasses and act aloof. <laughs> so, very excited for San Diego. We're probably more excited for the food, less excited for the uh, walking around the convention center. I am so, I'm more excited to go to San Diego than I've ever been in my life. For one, one word, right? <laughs> no, oh. out of the house. Oh, out words. of the house. Oh, I, I don't I was, leave the house. Oh, I was thinking Hodads. Oh, that's pretty exciting, too. But now I get heartburn, so I don't know if it'll work this Oh, God, Jesus Christ. Next thing you know, you're going to be complaining about taxes. You're sad. Actually. Because <laughs> I've been looking, and... Have you see the thing? These gas prices? My God. Anyway, um, all right, cool. Baggy pants and loud rap music. So go to go to ifanboy.com, and you'll get all the update on San Diego. Post will be going up soon about that. And you can also get my Pick of the Week review, as well as all the in-depth comic book discussion and articles. Kicking ass on the website these days. Um, if you're not reading all the stuff that goes up every day, you're missing out. When it's available. Go to ifanboy.com slash about, where you can find links to uh, to us on social networks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ifanboy. And we do a video show every Wednesday that comes out on ifanboy.com, as well as revision3.com slash ifanboy. Last week, we looked at some prequel books that we enjoyed, and apparently uh, it went over very well, from what I could tell the feedback. Uh, people liked the, uh, the the blue outtakes at the end, apparently. Yeah, well, I'm the whole so show glad you blue. left in Swirl Stroke. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that was the least offensive outtake. I don't, there I'm was not, a lot of semen discussion. I don't even recall I, that shoot. Anyway. I, I don't doubt it. So, um, this there was a really hilarious five-minute discussion that was really too dirty for air. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So this week we've got an uh, episode all about origins, like origins of characters. So it's gonna be f- I didn't think that was the OR word you were going to say. <laughs> so come check that out on Wednesday. Uh so I met the proctologist last week, 
And he <laughs> says, uh, you can email us at contact at ifan- He told me that. You can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. You can send us a voicemail at 888fanboys, which is 326-2697. Any questions, comments, you want to have something on the show? Then uh, make it good. That's what I'm saying to you. Don't don't go. Don't ramble on forever. Leave us your name. Tell us where you're from. Wow us, people. Or just keep writing in with your questions. That's fine too. And if you like the show, write a review on iTunes. That's how people find it. When they're searching comics podcasts, it really helps to have more reviews. So please do. We're doing the push to a thousand. We're not going to check because it takes yeah, around yeah, five exactly. minutes to load iTunes. But we're somewhere in the high six hundreds. So please write some reviews. There's lots of you out there. It takes you five minutes. Really would appreciate it. Thank you very much. Even better than us, tell your friends, tell your comic book people, tell your mom, tell everyone. Tell everyone that you meet. It should be the first, second thing after your name. Tell them about iFanboy. <laughs> and tell them if you use the swirl, swirl stroke or not. Oh, miserable. <laughs> miserable. Um, all right, well. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. It wasn't meant to be seen. Oh, we lost them. We lost them. <laughs> I should send you guys the really dirty discussion that we could No, have. please don't. I don't want to revisit it. All right, cool. So, this is what happens when we can trap the room together. Yes. It, just, it, gets, it gets blue. It gets dirty. This is a hell of a week. I don't want to look at a comic book all weekend as I continue my break from the internet. Man, the internet kicked my ass this week. All right, so um, until next time, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I don't know if I said those things. I may have been under duress. <laughs> Doppelganger. Doppelganger. I'm going to go. It's an LMD. Yeah, it's an LMD. There you go. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down Like a death of the heart Jesus, where do I start? But you're still the one pool where I'd happily drown For those who think it still exists Maybe I'm wrong And maybe you're right Maybe I'm wrong